This is the God in All Things podcast, rooted in Ignatian spirituality and seeking the presence of God in the everyday. Here's Andy Otto. Recently, I was invited by the Ignatian Spirituality Center of Seattle to speak at a virtual morning of reflection for Jesuit alumni and friends. The theme was the Ignatian concept of cura personalis, care for the whole person. I wanted to share with you the recording of my talk as a way to enrich my previous episode's theme of rest. Well, I'm grateful for the invitation to um, spend some time with you this morning in reflection and conversation. And my hope is to unpack a little bit the term cura personalis, which many of us are familiar with, um, but to unpack it in a way that allows you to reflect on how this Ignatian concept plays out in your own life and work. During the past year and a half, um, I, like many, have been dealing with a disproportionate amount of anxiety and stress. I had been previously speaking with my boss about my uh, reshaping my role and letting go of certain responsibilities, um, some of the things that was causing some overwhelm and feelings of being burnt out. And then the pandemic happened. And oddly enough, more work (laughs) was added to my plate. On top of that, my wife and I had to juggle childcare for our two young children, which you may hear screaming in the background once in a while. Now, as things eventually returned to more normalcy, I hadn't felt that I had returned to normal. There was this constant sense of being on edge, being reactive, easily annoyed. I felt a constant ache of stress in my stomach. Nothing was making it go away. And I discovered that I was not myself. This easily angry, anxious person was not Andy. Now, I've tended to blame the pandemic, but perhaps this is just the stress of life and parenting. The grace that came from this season, and it continues to emerge, is a clear-as-day recognition that I need to care for myself. And I hadn't been. In September, my wife and I were able to get away for a weekend uh, without our kids, and Jesus's words sat in my heart. Come to me, all who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. I felt labored. I felt burdened. I needed rest. And so rest is the first thing I want to talk about in relation to Cura Personalis. I'm also going to talk about how Cura Personalis is a call to continually restoring our human dignity and a call to community and loving neighbor. Now, the term Cura Personalis means care for the person, the whole person. And it appeared for the first time, it appeared explicitly in a 1986 document called The Characteristics of Jesuit Education. But it really didn't start showing up on Jesuit university campuses until about 10 or 15 years ago. 
The term was initially meant for faculty as a reminder that their students were more than just academics. They were human beings with hearts and souls and worries and dreams. But career personalis took hold more broadly and has become a sort of prophetic reminder that we don't always care for ourselves or for others. In 2016, Forbes even published an article about Cura Personalis and how much it was needed in the business world. We live in a time of hurry and overwork. How are you? Fine, busy. It's a badge of honor to be busy, to look busy. I realized there was a problem when my boss always said, you're fast when I delivered something to her ahead of schedule. Time drives me, I wanna control it. So I get things done as fast as possible. Why? Because I want that free time. I want that rest time. But when it comes, I even want that to be productive. The quote from Jesus about giving us rest is rendered this way in the message translation of the Bible. Are you tired, worn out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real, real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hmm. And so we can learn from Jesus's way, the way he would go off to pray, how he would go on to another town, even though not everyone was healed, how he never seemed to hurry how he patiently took time with the person who was right in front of him. John Mark Comer, who wrote The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, sums up this pattern of rest that we see in Jesus. Silence and solitude, simplicity, slowing, and Sabbath. Sabbath is not about going to church. It's about rest. It's about slowing down and relishing the gifts, even taking a moment to listen to our body's needs. I spent the last year and a half not listening to the stress in my body. I directed someone on a retreat several months ago who never once slowed down. Well, he nearly missed our first meeting um, on retreat because he was in his room frantically on phone calls and responding to work emails on the retreat, in, his re in the retreat house. He broke down in tears with me because he had no time to take care of himself, no time to be with his family or his daughters, no time to exercise or pray or read or sleep because his job controlled every moment of his life. And he saw the physical effects of this. St. Ignatius once wrote a letter to a Jesuit ordering him to take better care of his health after learning that he was not eating properly. 
his ministry was taking away from the proper care of his body. Ignatius wrote to him, for the next three months, from now until September, you are to do no preaching, but you are to look after your health. Ignatius implored him to follow the doctor's advice under the vow of obedience. In another letter to a priest, he wrote, warn Father Leonard, and consider the same as said to yourself, not to overwork himself, even out of genuine charity, to the point where he appears to be neglecting his bodily health. Moderation has staying power. What puts excessive strain on the body cannot last. Now, in Ignatius's medieval time, there was an emphasis less on God's love and more on God's justice. So many overworked themselves, not for the good of the work, but for their own salvation. Today, we find ourselves overworking for some kind of salvation. What? Money? Status? Retirement, maybe? Perhaps we're not much different from our medieval ancestors. In the last two decades, Americans' use of vacation time has dropped, and more than half of workers do not use all of their paid time off. And a quarter of American workers don't even get a paid holiday. We're so bad at resting that in 2008, Santa Clara University hired a work-life balance consultant so the university could really live out the value of Cura Personalis. Good for them. Perhaps the great resignation we're seeing during the pandemic and many organizations move to a four-day work week is a sign of the need to live, to care for our whole selves, to be unproductive once in a while. You know, rest is not for the good of the work, but for our own human dignity. We do not retreat and take time off so we can be better at work or more productive, though that may be a byproduct of it. No, we rest so we can be human because rest is part of our dignity. We acknowledge that we have bodies that get tired. We acknowledge that leisure and family and recreation is life-giving and God-given. Cura Personalis comes down to the respect for all that makes up each individual. As St. Paul reminds us, the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. Human dignity is central to Cura Personalis. All that makes us up are all equally worthy of care and attention. I used to be a chaplain at Georgetown University Hospital, and I remember that in each of the patient rooms, there was a placard about cura personalis. It was the hospital's commitment to not just the person's body, but to their mind and their heart and their spirit, to who they were. When I was a Jesuit novice, uh, I spent some time working as an orderly in a palliative care hospital. And I remember one of the texts telling us to bathe the patients with dignity, even if the person was non-responsive, not treating them as meat, 
but as a beloved person of God with feelings and a story. When we look to Jesus, we see the ways he gave dignity to the whole person. He listened to their needs. He asked them questions. He forgave. He healed. His healings were about restoring the dignity of the person, whether it was a healing from a physical or mental illness, or even a social illness. Jesus spent time with any kind of person that society placed on the margins. Widows, tax collectors, sex workers, thieves, lepers. He talked to those his own Jewish people despised, Samaritans. Who are the people today we push to the margins? LGBTQ people, people of color, veterans who suffer from PTSD, those experiencing homelessness, those in poverty, those without a college degree, those struggling with addiction. How are we caring for these people? How are we restoring their human dignity? Ignatius had a particular sensitivity to the diversity of persons. In fact, adaptability is central to the Jesuit charism and to cura personalis. It means Jesuits seek to meet people where they are. I've always loved that um, Jesuits have always gone to the places um, where others are apprehensive to go. Are they with the elite? Sure. They recognize the gospel needs to be proclaimed there. Even the rich require healing. But they also go to the kinds of people Jesus was drawn to, the lesser loved. One thing that became very clear to me during the pandemic was my own privilege of being able to work from home, to have groceries and food delivered, to have my mail still delivered, my trash still collected. I also realized that it was primarily people of color who put themselves at risk for my comfort and safety at home. The Urban Institute reported that 31% of Hispanic workers and 33% of black workers were in essential jobs that required them to work in person and close to others. By contrast, 26% of white workers had similar jobs. Those who are essential are often the lowest paid. They barely get any time off. They burn out and have no time for true rest. When we speak about rest being essential to our human dignity, we're talking about rest equity. You see, God sees all of us as essential workers. We are many parts, diverse, but we're also one body, with a common mission to work for God's greater dream for the world. We're called to truly live this kind of union based on love and equity. When we gaze through the eyes of God, there is no one from the CEO to the admin person, to the janitor, to the person who collects our grocery carts, who is not essential to the world. There is no one who doesn't need life and dignity given rest, time with family, 
time to live. We can only make this happen if we care about the community that we're a part of, at home, at work, at church, globally. Former Superior General of the Jesuits, Peter Hans Kolvenbach said, Cura personalis is expressed in the human acts of giving and receiving. It cannot be one way. It's actually opposed to individualism. And the Jesuit mantra to help souls is perfectly oriented to Cura personalis. So pause for a moment and consider the ways care for the whole person is or isn't lived out in our workplaces, our church, our country, our world. Mother Teresa said that we have forgotten we belong to one another. When we forget our kinship, we stop listening to one another. When we stop listening to one another, we cannot know how to care or heal one another. The pandemic has opened our ears more to the needs of our sisters and brothers, but it has also shut up some hearts to caring for neighbor. It's hardened division. The work of God only works when we have companions on the journey who can listen to and mutually trust one another. In uncertain times, we need a mutual trust to confidently move forward and live the cura personalis. Kolvenbach cautioned Jesuits about this. He wrote, today we risk being misunderstood and losing confidence because we are thought left-wing or right-wing, labeled conservatives or progressives. Ignatius says understanding and goodwill should dominate with regard to everything that is said, allowing as far as possible what the other person says, rather than condemning it from the beginning. That's the Jesuit plus sign. Care for another requires first giving the benefit of the doubt. It seems in a divisive political world, we don't default to trust. We default to suspicion. We default to preaching or controlling those who are different rather than listening and companioning. Pope Benedict in his encyclical Deus Caritas Est said, it is not ideologies which move humanity forward, but persons touched by the love of Christ. Do you know the first Jesuits tried to avoid large audiences to avoid a tone of preaching? They opted instead for personal dialogue, which they called spiritual conversation, often one-on-one. -on -one. This is still an important part of Jesuit ministry today. How do we each approach the people in our lives with suspicion or contempt or with love and charity. Pope Benedict said Christian charitable activity must be independent of parties and ideologies. 
It is not a means of changing the world ideologically, and it is not at the service of worldly stratagems, but it is a way of making present here and now the love which human beings always need. It's about love. Now, none of this is new to hear. Right? It's not surprising to hear, I'm sure. We recognize our own need for rest in the ways others are denied rest. We see how human dignity is not given, especially to those on the margins. We see the breakdown in loving community. We see this all in our cities, our workplaces, our families. But as Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. There are always people who do live and value the Cura Personalis. I love finding shows that have characters who really live this out. One example, I recently watched The Comey Rule on Netflix about the whole story of Clinton and Trump and James Comey at the FBI. The miniseries emphasizes Comey's deep desire to remain apolitical, to listen to all sides, to live freely and lightly, as that Matthew verse said. Even as the director of the FBI, he took the time to get to know people ask them about their families, and look them in the eye. He gave them dignity. The Synod of Bishops that just opened writes in their preparatory document, faith always emerges as a valuing of people. Their plea is heard, their difficulty is helped, their availability is appreciated, their dignity is confirmed by God's gaze, and restored to the community's recognition. This isn't just cure personalis, this is being Christian. It's being human. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to remind you that GodInAllThings.com is a whole resource for Ignatian spirituality. We have blog posts, audio meditations, email retreats, and a course on Ignatian discernment and decision-making. Explore at GodInAllThings.com. And if you haven't yet reviewed this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please do so. It helps get the podcast recommended to others. Happy Advent.